Good morning. I'm Emily Schultz. I'm one of the pastors here at New Denver, and it is so good to be with you all this morning and to continue our series through the five love languages. Now, I don't know if you had seen that commercial before, but I'm guessing that we've probably all seen a photo like this sometime in this past year. And when I watch that commercial or I look at this photo, to be honest, I have mixed feelings. On the one hand, they're sweet. A little girl befriends her elderly neighbor. She gets disappointed when her neighbor disappears. And then the neighbor shows back up on Christmas morning, no less. She's subtly wearing a hospital bracelet, in case you missed that. And the girl is overjoyed. It makes her Christmas. Also, shop at Kohl's. (laughs) Or in this photo, a grandpa is meeting his grandbaby for the first time. And there's something so sweet. And yet, it's almost like a game of what's wrong with this picture. It's so sweet. And yet, it's sad. It's sad because these images are showing us that there's a key element of human interaction that is missing in our world and in our lives right now. It's a key element of love. It's physical touch. When I look at at these images, I, I feel a little bit heartbroken. They're heartwarming in some sense, but, but they're heartbreaking as well. These people who should be together are being separated by a piece of glass, and there's just something about this that it just isn't right. It just isn't the way that things are supposed to be. Now, don't hear me wrong. I know this is what we have to do right now. I'm all for taking the precautions of wearing masks and keeping our distance in order to prevent the spread of COVID. Believe me, I get it. My husband and I, we felt like we took all the precautions. We got COVID still somehow in September, and and we're still struggling with some really intense long-term effects. And so please hear it from me today. Do everything you can do to avoid getting and passing this horrible virus. But what I am saying is that this may be how we have to live for a season, but it's not the way things are supposed to be. It's become normal for us now, but we should all be longing for the day when we have a new normal and are able to have physical contact with other humans again. Because we need that. Our bodies were designed to crave physical touch because physical touch is a powerful communicator of love. Being isolated, being quarantined, being separated from others and only connected to others virtually through a screen is a sacrifice that we can make as we love our fellow neighbor temporarily, but it's not sustainable as a way of life for humans who are created for touch. Physical touch is the way we first learn to receive love. It may not stay your primary love language forever, but it is our native tongue from birth. I had heard the rumor, and maybe you have too, that that if babies are not touched enough, that they could actually die. And I wasn't sure if that was true or just a myth. So I did a little research, and here's what I discovered. When babies aren't held and snuggled enough, even when they're clothed and fed and their diapers are changed and they sleep and they're otherwise healthy and they're in a clean, safe environment, if all the other factors are accounted for and everything else is as it should be except this one thing, when they aren't touched enough with warm, affectionate touches that communicate love and care, their brains don't develop properly. 
They become physically and mentally stunted. And yes, some have even died. They become aware in their little baby brains that something is missing. They have this sense that something's not right and they just give up on life. I think sometimes we forget that babies and kids are people too. They're full persons, just smaller. So when we read something about babies or young children, a lot of the time we can assume that it's probably not that different from us. So looking at the impact a physical touch deficit can have on babies or young children, stunting their growth and even leading to death, should make it very apparent that we all need physical touch. Babies may be more upfront about it, but this is a longing that God has placed inside all of us when he made us. We all need to receive warm, affectionate touches that communicate love and care. And I don't know that anyone understood the power of physical touch more than Jesus himself. So let's look at this story from Jesus' life as recorded in Luke. This is Luke chapter 5, verses 12 and 13. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this encounter of Jesus touching this man who had leprosy or some kind of skin disease. The Greek word used here uh, applied more broadly to other skin diseases besides just leprosy. If you've been around church or the Bible for a long time, I'm sure you've heard that lepers were considered the untouchables. You didn't touch a leper. They were outcasts. They lived outside of the community. You didn't have any contact with them. And actually, you don't have to have been around church all that long to know this. If you remember this past fall, we studied Leviticus, and we talked about people with skin diseases and how they were unclean and how it was really, really important to distinguish between clean and unclean and how you didn't want to become unclean. So any good Jew knows not to touch a leper. Touching a leper didn't make them clean. Touching a leper made you unclean. So why did Jesus touch this man? Well, maybe he wasn't familiar with Leviticus. Oh, wait, here's the next verse, Luke 5, 14. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Okay, so Jesus did know Leviticus. That's what he's referencing in his instructions to the man here. So then there's a different theory. Maybe Jesus touched the man because it was the only way to heal him. But that's not it either. If we fast forward to Luke 17, we get this story. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Jesus healed 10 lepers with only his words while they were social distancing. So Jesus didn't need to touch them in order to heal them. And Jesus didn't have to touch the man in Luke 5 in order to heal him either. So why did Jesus touch this man? If Jesus didn't touch him out of ignorance, not knowing the law or the consequences that it would make him be unclean, and if he didn't touch him out of necessity, with touch being the only way to heal him, 
then why did Jesus touch a leper? I think Jesus touched this man because he knew that physical touch is a powerful communicator of love. Jesus didn't only want to heal this man. He wanted to show him that he loved him. And Jesus knew that this man had not received love through physical touch in a really long time. How many of us can relate to this right now? We may not have leprosy, but what's the difference? We've retrained our brains this year to perceive everyone else as a threat. We are constantly having to assess the risk of any physical contact or time spent with another person. We can't touch each other just in case the other person is unclean, aka has COVID, and by touching you would make you unclean or give you COVID as well. I think maybe today it's good to acknowledge and just mourn what it is that we're missing and to look forward to the day when we can have it back again. I was researching the benefits of physical touch this week, and oh my goodness, there are so many. Here are just a few that I found particularly interesting. This was from a New York Times article on the subject. The article said this, A warm touch seems to set off the release of oxytocin, a hormone that helps create a sensation of trust and to reduce levels of the stress hormone cortisol. In the brain, prefrontal areas which help regulate emotion, a warm touch can relax those areas, freeing them for another of their primary purposes, problem solving. In effect, the body interprets a supportive touch as, I'll share the load. The article also said students who received a supportive touch on the back or arm from a teacher were nearly twice as likely to volunteer in class as those who did not. A sympathetic touch from a doctor leaves people with the impression that the visit lasted twice as long compared with estimates from people who were untouched. A massage from a loved one can not only ease pain, but also soothe depression and strengthen a relationship. Did you catch all those benefits? To recap, physical touch creates feelings of safety and trust. It reduces stress, which in turn has immune system and long-term health benefits. It can soothe anxiety and depression and more. Physical touch communicates love in a unique way that we can receive bodily as well as psychologically and emotionally. Now, there are lots of ways to express love through physical touch. A handshake, a fist bump, a bear hug, a high five, an arm around a shoulder, thumb wrestling, sitting close together, and the list goes on. There are tons of things that qualify as physical touch. Some require very little effort, and it can happen almost involuntary, like touching someone's arm when you're telling a story. Or others require a bit more time and effort, like giving someone a shoulder massage. Different kinds of touch are appropriate in different contexts and in different relationships. I want to clear up one misconception that people have about this love language. Some people associate physical touch primarily with romantic touch or romantic intimacy. And if you're married, physical touch should definitely include romantic intimacy, but it's just one small part of this love language. In fact, the people whose primary love language is physical touch are the ones who aren't just about romantic intimacy at all. They're the huggers and the snugglers. They're the ones who go around kissing babies and rubbing pregnant ladies' bellies. 
maybe that's a little extreme and doesn't <laughs> apply to everyone whose love language is physical touch, but you know the type. Generally, these people are fairly easy to spot. They're the ones who are the most comfortable touching other people and the most eager to do so. You can probably think of someone in your life who is a toucher, and maybe they've even been a little too touchy-feely for your liking, but if you try to understand them a bit and see where they're coming from, you may discover that they're not trying to be off-putting by getting all up in your business. Maybe it's just that their primary love language and the default way they express love to others is through physical touch. You know whose primary love language is physical touch? Norton Herbst. Just go up to him after service, give him a big hug, a tight little squeeze, really nuzzle yourself in there, he'll love it. Just kidding, please don't do that. He would hate it and I might get fired. On that note, even though we know there are immense benefits to receiving physical touch, we need to be extra cautious when giving physical touch to others. This is probably the riskiest love language to speak, especially to those outside of your immediate friends and family. We need to keep in mind that not everyone receives physical touch in the same way. For some, it may be due to their past, or for others, they just didn't grow up in a touchy family, or they just aren't touchy themselves. So for them, touch can make them feel really uncomfortable, and we need to be mindful of that. Not everyone wants you to touch them. No matter if your intentions are the same across the board, the message that is communicated through your touch will vary greatly based on your relationship with the person and their relationship with the love language of physical touch. I think these words from Gary Chapman can help guide us as we think about this. He says, the purpose of love is to enhance the well-being of another, not to satisfy your own desires. It's never about you as the giver of love. It's all about the recipient and what will be to their benefit. It's about what they will receive as love. So if you aren't sure how the other person will perceive a touch from you, ask them. It's always better to err on the side of caution when it comes to physical touch and to ask permission to see if they might be receptive to a touch from you. And this is especially true in COVID. This pandemic has taught us a lot, and I think one of the lessons we can gain is to ask permission before touching someone to see if they're comfortable with it. Some people don't like to be touched, or some people only like to be touched by certain people, and you might not be one of them. Make sure when you touch someone that it is welcome, that the context is right, that the timing is right. People are usually pretty good at sending signals to convey when they do and don't want to be touched. But when in doubt, just ask. Now there's one more thing we need to mention, which is that we all know physical touch does not always communicate love. Sometimes physical touch can actually be a powerful communicator of hate. Gary Chapman says, no other love language has been more distorted than touch. Touch is distorted when it becomes violent or forceful. If you've been the victim of physical or sexual abuse, I'm so sorry. That is not how God intended physical touch to be. This thing that's supposed to be a warm and affectionate expression of love so often gets twisted into something that's ugly and hateful and causes pain. So if this is you and even just sitting here hearing about how wonderful touch is supposed to be is triggering memories or making you squirm in your seat, I encourage you to reach out to someone. Go to counseling if you aren't already. 
Find people and places where you can process through that trauma and find healing. Talk to one of us pastors. We are always here for you. Gary gives three tips for how to speak this love language. He says to read people, read relationships, and read timing. Read people. Respect people's preferences. Some people want to be touched and some don't. Read relationships. Ask yourself, what's appropriate in this relationship? Remember, some people may want to be touched and just not by you, and that's okay. And read timing. If someone is angry, it might not be the best time to try to touch them. If someone is hurting, they might welcome a hug even if they normally wouldn't. And time and place go hand in hand. Some people don't mind PDA and others would rather you wait until you're somewhere more private. So read people, read relationships, read timing, and when in doubt, just ask. Physical touch has benefits for everyone and can communicate love to anyone, but Chapman says it shouts love to the person whose primary love language is touch. He says this, Here's the thought process. Whatever there is of me resides in my body. To touch my body is to touch me. To withdraw from my body is to distance yourself from me emotionally. He says, even if you can't relate to that, you can respect it and you can find ways to deliver. So the next time your little brother wants to crawl all over you, let him. The next time your mom tries to put her arm across your shoulder, resist the urge to shrug her off. The next time your friend tries to give you a high five, don't leave him hanging. You don't have to change who you are, but you can be physically intentional. Remember, if there's someone important in your life whose primary love language is physical touch, that's what they need and want from you above all else. If you're married and your spouse's love language is physical touch, you holding their hand or cuddling with them or giving them a long hug or kiss is going to mean more to them than if you gave them a present, went on a date, gave them a nice compliment, anything. If you have little kids, be generous with your physical affection. It's really hard to tell what love language a toddler has, so with Eva, we just try to heap them all on her and I'm pretty sure she's not going to end up being a physical touch person, maybe because of us, but we love doing family snuggles, so we'll hold her close and we'll chant, hugs and snugs, hugs and snugs, and she usually tries to escape. In some ways, this is probably the easiest love language to speak. It's the riskiest with strangers, and you may have some personal challenges to overcome in learning how to speak it, but once you begin speaking it with the people close to you, and especially with the people whose primary love language it is, you may find that it's actually not that hard. You will need to specifically find out from each person what their touch preferences are. Some people love a good back rub. Others prefer back scratches. Some people would love a foot massage. Others would think, no, that's gross. Stay away from my feet. You have to find out what is going to be specifically meaningful to each person and keep checking in to see if you're on the right track or if there are things you can add or tweak that will make them feel even more loved and takes open and ongoing communication, like with learning how to love someone better in any of the love languages. But besides that, all it takes is you initiating, you reaching out physically and touching the other person. And that's it. You don't have to spend money on a gift. It doesn't usually take a lot of time. You don't have to think of the perfect words to say. Your little gestures of physical touch will be enough to fill up the love tank of the touch people in your lives. 
So here's your love language challenge for this week. Last week, your challenge was to speak some words of affirmation to someone every day. And it didn't matter who the person was or if it was somebody different every day because everyone likes to hear encouraging words. Well, this week, we're going to focus back in on the one or two people that you're doing the love language experiment with. Since touch is a riskier thing to do with people you don't know well, just focus on your experiment partner and find a warm, affectionate, appropriate way to express love through physical touch to them every day this week. And even if you aren't a touchy person, be willing to receive touch from these people this week as well. I so look forward to the day when we can hug our loved ones without the risk of transmitting or contracting a virus, when we can high-five a friend without thinking twice, when we can snuggle babies and shake hands and sit next to each other in church instead of leaving seats in between. There are so many people in our world and likely in this room or maybe even more likely who are watching from home right now who are starved for physical touch. I cling onto the hope that we won't have to keep our distance forever. One day, we will be reunited with each other, able to give and receive love through the powerful language of touch. Let me pray for you. God, it is so good to be together today. I thank you that you've brought all of us into this room. And even though we're still keeping our distance, God, just seeing others' faces and having some sort of proximity is such a blessing. I pray that, that vaccines will roll out. I pray that, that this virus, this pandemic will, will be ended. I, I pray that you can continue to bring us together Again, God, you are sovereign, you are the healer, and you know the desires of our hearts and the cravings and longings that you have put inside each of us. You created us for touch, God, and now we've been in this year without it, and it is hard. I pray that you would um, give us eyes to see those around us who are hurting, who are, um, who are deficit in, in their love tank because they aren't receiving the touch that they need. I pray that you give us more compassion for those around us. And I pray that we'll be able to love those in our bubbles well in this way, God. And that if this is a language that we need to work on and learn how to speak better, that you will help us and strengthen us so that we can be messengers of your love, that we can touch others who need it just like we saw Jesus did. God, we thank you that that you see our hearts, you know our needs, and you are the one who ultimately gives us all the love that we crave. In Jesus' name, amen.